Star Wars 7x7 episode 3062. Convergence is the adult novel in this first wave of phase two of the High Republic transmedia storytelling initiative. It is quite the ride. Embargoes are off, but this will be a non-spoiler review, and let's dive in. Punch it! Hey Rebel Rouser, I'm Alan Voivod and this is Star Wars 7x7, your daily dose of Star Wars joy. And thank you so much for joining me for it. So here's the official publisher's summary for Convergence. It starts off with, The next adventure in Star Wars The High Republic begins expanding the new era of Star Wars with a story set generations before Light of the Jedi, which was of course the first novel in Wave 1 of Phase 1, the first adult novel in Wave 1 of Phase 1, and also just the first High Republic novel, right? So here we go. It is an age of exploration. Jedi travel the galaxy, expanding their understanding of the Force and all the worlds and beings connected to it. Meanwhile, the Republic, led by its two chancellors, works to unite worlds in an ever-growing community among near and distant stars. Now here's where pronunciation's gonna get me. On the close-orbiting planets of Iram and Irona, the growing pains of a galaxy with limited resources but unlimited ambition are felt keenly. Their hatred for each other has fueled half a decade of escalating conflict and now threatens to consume surrounding systems. The last hope for peace emerges when heirs from the two planets' royal families plan to marry. Before lasting peace can be established, an assassination attempt targeting the couple tilts Irem and Irono back into all-out war. To save both worlds, Jedi Knight Gela Natai, N-A-T-T-A-I, volunteers to uncover the culprit, while Chancellor Kyung appoints her son, Axel Greylark, to represent the Republic's interests in the investigation. But Axel's deep distrust of the Jedi sparks against Gela's faith in the Force. She's never met such a puffed-up, privileged party boy, and he's never met a more self-serious, relentless do-gooder. The more they work to untangle the shadowy web of the investigation, the more complicated the conspiracy appears to be. With accusations flying and potential enemies in every shadow, the pair will have to work together to have any hope of bringing the truth to light and saving both worlds. Now, as far as that goes, it is kind of accurate, except it does give you the idea that the investigation that Gela and Axel are going on makes up a you know, significant majority of the novel, and that's not really the case. In fact, there's a lot of time taken to get to the point where the heirs of Irem and Irono are going to decide to get married. And yes, certainly when you have two planets that have been at war with each other for half a decade, and when their history also includes a lot of conflict, there are a lot of folks who are going to be against the idea of the two planets settling their differences by seeing the heirs to their monarchies get married. Some of them will be you know, right within their own families. Others will be you know, third-party actors. But I think what's particularly notable about the novel is that it starts off as what seems to be a very straightforward tale of these two warring factions trying to find a way to build peace. And then about halfway through the novel, you realize that there's been a lot of stuff sewn within that first half of the novel that 
Oh my gosh, when the surprises and reveals start unfurling in the second half of the novel, you think to yourself, oh my gosh, what have I been reading? Yes, when we get novels, there are always surprises and you know amazing turns that you didn't necessarily expect. This is one of the most masterfully woven situations that I've read for all the High Republic novels, where the things that they were seeding in the first half, you didn't necessarily see as being critical to the second half of the story. And there is one turn in the story that is just so shocking, it's absolutely crazy. I mean, there's something in Path of Deceit by Tessa Grattan and Justina Ireland that we talked about that had sort of a, a horrific ending, and we've talked about it on the podcast. But yeah, I, I feel like I don't want to spoil it now, even though I know we've spoiled it before. This isn't that same kind of situation. It has to do with a character that you think is one thing. It turns out this character is entirely something else, and it is very startling. So I enjoyed the first half of the novel, was reading it and going, this is great, there's good romance, there's palace intrigue, there's excitement and danger and all that stuff. The kind of stuff you would normally expect from a Star Wars novel, that's great. Once the third part started, it's divided into four parts and part three starts roughly about halfway through. Once part three started unfolding, that's when <laughs> you start to get the idea that you've been on a roller coaster all along and the roller coaster has just been going up, 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 up. And once part three happens, that's the turn at the top where suddenly you're going, oh boy, and it's roller coaster time. The depictions of the Jedi are terrific. They're pretty straightforward. Nobody's doing anything necessarily remarkable from a Jedi standpoint. And that's perfectly fine and okay. The depictions of the two competing monarchs on Irem and Irona are fantastic in that they're shown to be so deeply mired in their grievances against each other, and certainly legitimate ones based on everything that's happened over the years, you can see how difficult it is for them to get to the point where some kind of resolution can happen. And it's so well played, the development of them getting there by Zoraida Cordova is just terrifically done. And with all these plot intricacies, Zoraida Cordova does a great job of tying off the knots of crossing the T's and dotting the I's. There were maybe one or two little things that maybe it was just not me keeping track of everything <laughs> as well as I could have or should have. There's a thing about an assassination that happens and it seems like somebody who is supposed to have the assassination attempt pinned on him is made to do something or requested to do something a little earlier in the book and so it doesn't seem like that particular thing lines up but you know stuff like that you know that could just be me but even if it isn't it's just it's few and far between everything is just so well done across the board and again the publisher's summary does sell the love story of the prince from Irem and the princess from Irono short. That is a great story well told and you see in them a generation that has suffered from the effects of the previous generation being so committed to this war and them deciding that they want something different for their worlds and for each other and it starts out 
looking like it's a marriage of convenience, if you will, a betrothal, one of those things like you see on Game of Thrones or <laughs> House of the Dragon where they marry people just to make their you know, households work in lockstep with each other and to build these alliances and whatnot. But what develops over the course of the novel is something much more genuine and wonderful. And that happens all the way through the course of the novel from their first meeting, which is definitely <laughs> not so spectacular in that regard, up until the very ending with the wedding situation. This is now, I guess, the second book this year, along with The Princess and the Scoundrel, where we've had a wedding taking place in a Star Wars novel. And this one is also remarkable in its own way. And as I think I've said once or twice on the podcast, I'm a sucker for a good love story. So this one actually has not one, but two. Yes, you get an implication from the publisher's summary about Gelly and Axel. And no, it's not a traditional love story, but it develops in a very interesting way as well. Bottom line, Convergence is worth the wait. It was delayed, unfortunately. We don't know why it was delayed. It doesn't matter. It's here now, or at least it's coming out officially tomorrow, and it was absolutely worth the wait. If you have read a couple of the other novels, right, either uh, Quest for the Hidden City or Path of Deceit, then I think the only thing that gets spoiled is the fact that, yes, there is going to be a piece that comes out of the events of Convergence. That's spoiled for you in those other two novels, but otherwise, pretty much everything that happens in there is going to be a surprise and some very exciting and thrilling ones too. So that's going to do it for the non-spoiler review of Convergence by Zorada Cordova. Tomorrow, we'll get a little bit spoilery and talk about some of the folks lurking in the shadows around this novel because, yeah, it's kind of a big deal for <laughs> this particular phase of the High Republic. But for now, that is going to do it for this episode of the show. And it just remains for me to say thank you so much for joining me for it as always. And may the Force be with you wherever in the world you may be. Seven is not endorsed or sponsored yet by Lucasfilm Limited, Disney, or 20th Century Fox, and is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Star Wars, the Star Wars logo, all names and pictures of Star Wars characters, vehicles, and any other Star Wars related items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Lucasfilm Limited, other respective trademark and copyright holders. May the force be with them. All original content is copyright 2021 by Star Wars 7x7. We hope you love it.